Welcome to Super Movie Brothers. Let's start the show. This is a podcast on the Podfix Network. You can check out more shows like it at podfixnetwork.com. Super Movie Brothers, episode 144. I'm your host, Super Movie Brother Dave. I'm your host, Super Movie Brother Jay. Hey, Jay. It's been one week since you looked at me. Got your head to the sides and I'm angry. What'd you get up to this week, man? What'd you get down to? Well, I had my sister's bridal shower party and I was out with my future uh, brother-in-law, I guess you can say. We were out hitting balls with his little boy. He's getting into golf and killing some time. Got some drinks, a little sandwich before, and we had to go back to the party Dude, because they were going to play like, games. Do you watch SNL? Do you watch like the, the weekend update when they, Sometimes. Ha- when they have the guy who comes out and he, and, he, and he talks about like what to do on the weekends and stuff like that? <laughs> oh, and he's always talking about like boating and like... Uh, I'm talking long stemmers, boys. Nothing drops the slingshot like a dozen redheads. My penis is bad. <laughs> you that's me yeah that's you you just do let me give you a high class update on what to do yeah, this weekend exactly <laughs> we're just hitting a couple balls had yeah. a little bit of a had a little bit of a witch that's, that's what i say it's short for sandwich you know <laughs> had a couple drinks knocked them back taught the kid how to drink like a man you know yeah and we no. hit some and we hit some more balls that's right bro <laughs> <laughs> you know <laughs> That kind of stuff. <laughs> well, yeah. we sexually harassed some ladies with our mouths. <laughs> oh. oh my god! Yeah, but the, the, it was uh, it was a fun day. I mean, I was really really happy because my mom was so stressed out about this party, and and my sister was too because she had nothing to do with it. Well, she I'm had sorry. no power. It's a bridal shower, right? So right. like, women go to this. Right. People bring gifts, I think, to yes. bridal showers. Yes. Okay, so there's gifts. Uh, are some of them like dildos and stuff like well, that, okay. where you're like, ah, ha, no. ha, 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 there's the lingerie. You're gonna wear it when you when he pops your cherry. Nah, that's like bachelor party <laughs> stuff. Okay, no, because this. <laughs> see, this is the thing. Because it's a destination wedding. There's a lot of people that went okay. that were not gonna be going to the wedding. Right, so right. it's kind of like a big deal as because there was you know 60 people that were at her house. All right, but it's for a this bridal party. shower, so right. just keep the wine flowing. And everything's uh, going to be fine, unless well, unless you have one of those women that cries when they're drunk. I mean, there's men who cry when they're drunk too. <laughs> unless you have one of you know who's going to drink too much wine and then get the weepies along with her wine. In which case, well, maybe that, that could have been me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So so you went to a, a a party with all women, right? Okay. And it was it was good because yeah, honestly, I know a lot of these people and a lot of her friends I've known since eighth grade you know i right. mean it's been a very long time bop the fuel um yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know um you still shaved down there is that what you say to him? is that how you greet them and it's like hey i haven't seen you in a while you still shaved like, they got uh, three kids now and you're married but uh what's, what's the c-section going, what's going on in there let me see that c-section scar <laughs> oh god damn it see 
people think my head is like more dirtier than yours, but it's not. No, it's, it's not. not. No, mine's. Uh, I'm a repressed <laughs> married man. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> the microphones where I unleash the real Dave. But although I, I would say all this shit in front of my wife too. So tune into our Patreon yeah. episodes and become Someday. a member, and wait until you hear our episodes on there. Yeah, a lot so, more raunchy. So anyway, you you proceeded to drink with all the ladies yes. at the at the so bridal shower. I, I, I decided to go and start off light. Good old Corona. You know, some Corona, little apps, you know, little 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 finger foods, little sandwiches. Sammies. Little, uh, Sammies, as I call little, them. Little, <laughs> little baby carrots. Little, little, you know, little Sammies, as I call them. Yeah. Baby carrots. Oh, man. So, and a little bit of artichoke dip on top of them baby carrots, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and uh and then proceeded to find out that like there's so like there was like sangria mix there was like mojito mix there was this cosmo mix and, you're in trouble if you start oh, mixing like dude, all these different types of we, drinks together you're in trouble the one of the girls ended up just pouring 20 cosmo shots just to finish the fucking container and drank a whole glass of it <laughs> and then there was a full tea compartment thing so my my um you know brother-in-law and i decided to drink tito's and tea tito's and tea for the rest of the whole goddamn night because this, i was it ended up being just all right so my sister so, so explain this brother-in-law and me you're drinking hot tea with vodka in it it's cold tea all right so it's iced tea it's iced tea and vodka homemade iced tea so basically and vodka basically straight vodka because <laughs> right iced tea doesn't kill the flavor that's like vodka and gatorade like what are you Kinda, that's how i that's how they drink it's funny that you said it because that's what my sister usually drinks in the house is like Tito's and Gatorade with a splash of Gatorade. And it's like these fucking alcoholics. But Tito's <laughs> my and sister t- is the vodka equivalent of me with bourbon, you know? Tito's and tea just sounds like it sounds like the whitest drink I've ever heard of. Yeah. Do you put a little mint leaf in it, you know, with a little with a little lemon wedge? It needed something. Yeah. Believe me. But at that point, I don't know why. I was just so we were we were after the gosh sesh, I was we just, had a little bit of Tito's and tea. It was kinda corny. I was just helping them out with drinking with our pinkies up. up their gifts. She's writing down what who gave her what and what the, you know, this and that. And I was just kinda like the trash man helping out. <laughs> trash man you know crunkle them up all the fucking wrapping paper which is what all her friends who you slept with and are no longer with refer to you as right the trash man <laughs> exactly may as well be but i did look very dapper just looking dapper my friend trey's dap dap king dap king call i was very coordinated in my uh pink polo shirt oh seersucker god. pants you know seersucker oh yeah oh my god <laughs> good god. oh yeah when in, when are you ever going to be able to get away with wearing something like that? Besides a golf course, it's definitely a bridal shower. Never, <laughs> not even on the golf course. No. Uh, well, when you're six you, eight and you don't give a shit anymore because you're not getting laid and you're thirty five years old and you got gray hair and you're bald, going bald, it's you, all it's all over. You're just completely it's different. all over. You're just a completely different brand of man. So yeah, so you're so what you're telling me is you're peacocking. <laughs> so you're sucker and pink. You're peacocking. You're starting to yeah, but I don't brag about it. <laughs> you're bragging about it right now. Well, I'm a podcast i gotta you know i don't know i gotta talk about it <laughs> oh shit i can't even top like any of that like what i do with my, i i went to a fire at a friend's house and i drank while my kid ran around like a maniac and then we played drunk jenga it was very much similar to my See, weekend i before. love drunk jenga i know god damn. you always miss out on good shit i know because you're too busy tito's and teeing it uh it's true <laughs> at the golf course i feel like i have no friends anymore well because all your <laughs> friends are married <laughs> They're either really old or like they just don't go out anymore or I'm not invited anymore. <laughs> because <laughs> ev- cause everyone grew up and now you're stuck sitting there looking uh, around like, dude, have you ever, I mean, you've seen kids. See, once I finally get a real girlfriend, 
maybe people start inviting me out to things again. You've seen kids, right? You remember the end when like Casper wakes up and he's like, what happened? Oh, <laughs> That's you. Yeah. This is your Casper moment. None of my friends go out anymore. They're all, you know, they all have jobs and wives and kids and stuff. Yeah. What happened? Houses. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Blink him in an eye. Whatever happened with school? Are you going to school? Yeah. Uh, well. <laughs> Jay's like, I was not prepared for that. <laughs> <sighs> what is this the interrogation <laughs> school was that was a tough transition yeah last last semester was tough and i i i just, you're taking a semester off already. i i i really don't want to get into it um maybe i'll get into it in the patreon episode because there's factors and reasons why i did not go into the spring semester i am still planning on going back in the fall fair enough so this has not. gotten pretty sad let's get into yeah. what are you watching what are you watching all right jay what did you get down to watching this week anything good anything you'd like to tell people to check out uh well i would still recommend checking out barry on hbo i think it's a lot of fun it's a nice little easy 30 minute romp and um romp, romp. i finally saw radio I'm sorry, like the Cuba Gooden Jr.? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, okay. Okay. And it was actually a training class through work. Oh, my God. <laughs> which is hilarious. I'm like, oh, this is easy hours for me. So I went and literally, yeah, we watched the movie. Every half hour, they stop the movie. You answer a couple of questions. You discuss it. Um, it's, it's, it's certainly dated. Um, the character developments are horrible. It's Ed Harris, right? If yes. I remember right. Yes. All right. But the acting is great. The it's it's sappy. It's emotional. The message that they're trying to convey it, it's effective enough. It works. But it's 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 just. But did but it's, did, it's flawed. But did Cuba Gooden Jr. break the ultimate rule of acting? Everybody knows you never go full retard. You went full retard, man. Never go full retard. Did he break that rule? You make me, 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 me happy. I think he did a fantastic job. <laughs> okay, okay, I really do. I really, really do. And and it and the, and the kicker for me was it's all a true story, and they show a decent amount of footage at the very end of the movie of, do, yeah. of the real radio and 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 football coach took him under the wing, and it's a it's a beautiful message, and I thought it was really um, nice and refreshing, and I could not believe I never actually watched this movie yet, um, and then finally. Zodiac, uh, we love Zodiac. We 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 talk about it on and off the show um, from time to time. You know, it's one of David Fincher's underappreciated, extremely gems. underappreciated, I and love that and it is extremely well done. It's a lot of fun to watch again. I, I try to watch it every year or two, and again across the board, great performances, beautifully made. Just bravo! So that was a lot of fun. Yeah, Robert Downey Jr. is fantastic in that movie. I I I love him. You just oh, you just wish you wanted. You just got a little bit more from him. Nah, no, they used him just just the right just amount. the right amount. I think yeah yeah. yeah. Per- he, he is great. He plays such a perfect asshole. He I love does. It. He does. He's got like, that look too. like 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 like. There's assholes. There's like good assholes, but like he is he is a waxed bleached asshole. Like he's just he's just a perfect asshole. Sure, <laughs> especially in that era. You know the seven or nineteen uh, what. Late sixties, early seventies. Yeah, yeah, seventies. And um, you know, Jake Gyllenhaal being 
just super hyper neurotic just smokes. classic my favorite scene with robert downey jr is he's like his cigarettes in his mouth most of the time is is when they get to the bar and he's like this cannot go without a comment what is that <laughs> what are you drinking <laughs> he's like it's called a malibu bay breeze cut to like eight <laughs> drinks in you wouldn't be making fun of it if you tried it and he's yeah. like all right get it over here. give it over here and then they cut to it and there's a picture of it in front of them so good and they're drinking it down i love that scene yeah. all right what else did you watch this week uh just our our, our reviews for this week also right. pet cemetery and shazam you gotta you gotta say it you gotta say it like like you mean it or else it, it, you don't turn into a J. Shazam! Oh, my God. You're going to make my <laughs> wife angry. All right, anyway, so what I got around to watching this week, I actually watched a fair bit. I did start uh, Santa Clarita Diet one episode in, so I, I haven't watched enough to really give an opinion on what the third season is. But um, I also watched something else on Netflix. I watched this documentary called Our Planet. So it's basically like Netflix answer to um, Planet Earth or or blue planet like all those net geo and discovery channel like you know um big nature documentaries that take years to shoot and they're using the top technology that is available for cameras at the time and it is incredibly stunning absolutely stunning visuals like crazy good visuals but it it has this it has this environmental bend to it where it it does have a message to it you know they're while they're teaching you about animal behaviors they're also showing you how animal behavior and and animal habitat is changing due to climate change and it's it's actually catching a little bit of flack because there are scenes of walruses falling off of cliffs and dying Mm. And the, what's going on is uh, walruses generally will will congregate and live on the ice floats. Well, the ice is melting. There aren't ice floats. So they're having to go to these rocky shores. These rocky shores aren't large enough to fit all of the walruses. So some of them are having to climb up these these cliffs. And a walrus can barely see when it's out of water. So it it it's on uh, top of an 80-foot cliff. And it's like time to go into the water let me go down to the water and just jumps off this 80 foot cliff and comes crashing down in just somewhat beautiful slow-mo like the way they film it wow like if you ever see the simpsons episode where Mulder and scully show up and they make homer (laughs) like run on the treadmill his jiggling is almost hypnotic yes it's like a lava lamp. Like, that's the way it looks. But it's haunting because they're dying in front of you. So people are getting, like, all upset over this, over these, the, this filmed walrus is dying. And people are like, you know, how could you sit there and just, and just film this and stuff like that? And the, like, rightfully so, the, the, the director for those scenes said, if it offends you, do something about it. Like, that's the point of this sure, documentary. Of yeah. If this offends you, go to ourplanet.com and it. learn how you can help the environment do something about it. And I love, I, I kind of love that response. It reminds me of Jordan, Jordan Peele's response, um, where like he, he kind of recently just said that he will continue to make movies with, with black leads. And, and some people took exception to that. We're like, well, isn't that like reverse racism? You know, you're, you're only going to hire black actors for your, you know, to, to star in your movies and stuff like that. And he's like, right. But if you want, like, I don't want to make movies about white people because the movies I'm making, if I put white people in them, then I've seen those movies before. 
right. it's not different and i think he's right he's absolutely right if you you know if you want to if you want to see you know uh you know black stars asian stars indian stars you know any type of any type of race if you want to see them prominently displayed then someone's going to have to go out there and make those films so he's saying why not me if not someone else then why not me and he's the person um in power right now that yeah, can really pull best off something so, like that and he's pulling off quality films so, so it's not just any little movie he's actually putting out good movies with original ideas absolutely and, and executing it perfectly yeah so, so far <laughs> so so they're good movies and and yeah. and i don't care whether it's black actors white actors so anyway <laughs> got really far away from our planet but if you're into those like big spectacle nature documentaries definitely check it out i'm big into them i watch all the the, the disney nature documentaries a lot of the uh a, a lot of these National Geographic, you know, it's hard for me to watch sometimes. I don't know why you get a little sad when the, I when, do when the baby rhinoceros gets eaten by a by a crocodile. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I don't. <laughs> it's whatever. It's nature. I love watching the wolves hunt, like when they just take down like a baby elk and rip it in half. <sighs> yeah. I'm like, whatever, that's that's life, man. So uh, the other thing that I got around to watching this week, oh, I watched uh, A Dog's Way Home, Jay. <laughs> so, oh, geez, I remember seeing this trailer. So this is about a dog, Bella, Aww. who is a stray, who is adopted by a, a young guy, Lucas, who works at the, at the, uh, at the VA hospital. And uh, they live in Denver. And in Denver, pit bull breeds are completely outlawed. But the only thing that's needed for a dog to be named a pit bull is for three separate animal control officers to identify it visually as a pit bull. So um, what happens is she's going to be put down if she's ever caught in public again. So he has to send her to New Mexico so that they can move out of Denver, Colorado and into a, a town nearby that doesn't outlaw pit bulls. But she doesn't understand that Lucas will someday come back for her and she runs away and travels from New Mexico back to her home in Denver, Colorado. And her journey takes her on a two year long adventure. And it is one of those movies where like, this is just like, feel good to me. Like, you know, there was that dog's purpose movie that came out a couple years ago, but then there's like homeward bounds. I just love movies about dogs. I love dogs. I'm a huge dog lover. So it's another one of those things where like, I, it's really hard for me to watch. It's too emotional. So, (laughs) so, and, and, and this is, uh, but it's all from the dog's perspective. You know, the dog is voiced like, but, so it's it's a lot like Homeward Bound, where there is like a, a voice to the dog. Um uh, and I I just dude, I did. I I cried. I sobbed like a little baby. Like n- there's a few times where I welled up, but at the very end, man, at the very end, I just bawled my eyes out. And I'm mm. not saying it's 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 like a must-watch movie, but like a good healthy cry. If you love if you yeah. love if you like dogs, if you you know, if you like cutesy movies and stuff like that, I love cutesy movies. So I really ate this up. My only like real knock on it, other than it's super 100% schmaltz in your face, just, you know, like if, if schmaltz, like Hallmark channel, like, like if schmaltz <laughs> was an over aggressive frat boy, then like it, it's, it's schmaltz is right on my face. Like it's right in my chin, just ramming it over and over again. But, <laughs> uh, the CGI is absolutely awful. They, they, they have a, several animal characters that are 100% CGI and other scenes that are 100% CGI and it's absolute dog shit. Like it's just rough 
looking cgi this movie was made on the cheap you know it was made to make you cry yeah. and it did yeah. that so you want a little bit of wine for your for your cries a little wine and cheese get that out and watch this movie <laughs> uh it's it's now on video on demand so oh, that's, that's how i picked it up and then the other movie jay this is one that uh i don't want to say like i was solicited to watch but kind of was sort of so the film is called butterfly kisses it came out in 2018 and it is written and directed by eric christoph myers he is a filmmaker an independent filmmaker out of baltimore maryland so awesome Baltimore is one of my favorite cities. So this is about a filmmaker who discovers a box of tapes and he wants to, and and the tapes depict uh, college kids who were making their senior thesis uh, for filmmaking on, on a, a local legend folklore in the show, in the movie, they call it fake lore, where there's like not a lot of evidence to back it up. And the character is called a peeping Tom. So you go to a bridge and you, you can't blink for a whole hour and you stand down. Get the fuck out of here. So from midnight to 1 a.m. And, and like they've proved like, like some people in the, in the, first off in the movie, they want to prove whether some people can blink and keep their eyes open for an hour. And there's different schools of thought on that. So, um, the, the kids making, the movie decide that it's, it's probably not possible for us to not blink from 12 a.m. to 1 a.m. and 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 at the stroke of 1 a.m. at the exact moment that it turns from 12:59 to 1 a.m. Peeping Tom is supposed to show up and every time you blink he gets closer to you but no one knows what happens when he gets too close so they oh. they use a camera instead and sure enough they find out that at 1 a.m. Peeping Tom appears at the end of the tunnel. Now, that is the footage that this director named Gavin finds. So what Gavin wants to do is then he can't find the kids who actually made this movie. So he wants to re-edit their film, clean it up, and put it out as like his own film. And he 100% buys in to this Peeping Tom thing. So there's this constant back and forth between gavin's story about making the student films movie while our writer director eric christopher myers is making a documentary about gavin wanting to make a movie about the college kids movie and the and and the really interesting part about all this jay is none of this is real this is all scripted wow so it is that's in, ambitious it's inception of 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 film so you sure. have you have the film students who made their senior thesis on this on this uh paranormal thing and it and that plays like a found it's footage like film one. right and then you have you have gavin who who finds who finds these tapes and is now making his movie about it yeah. but then you have this documentary film crew who's making a documentary Which is the actual film right making a making a documentary about gavin making his movie about these other kids movie <laughs> Yes. Are you lost yet? No. So I'm I'm with you. So it is uh and, and it's all intercut and stuff like that. So it's not like you watch the kids' movie first and then you watch Gavin's story and then sure. you watch the film crew story. Like you just watch like it's all intertwined and stuff. And I would say that, yeah, it is extremely ambitious. Um and the thing that I liked about it the most was like this idea of like just the creative process and how someone who someone who creates movies or 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 or, or is involved in, in any form of art did it feel authentic though? I felt so. The docu- release part one, the like document original. No, no, that okay. didn't feel authentic. And uh. that's, but that's part of the crux of the movie is like people don't believe Gavin that this is real because they're like, no, that's easily faked, or these kids don't seem genuine. They throw shade at that original footage. Oh, okay. a lot of shade. So it's a little self-aware. Oh yeah, okay, oh, okay. it's okay. definitely self-aware. So it's okay. not, it, it, it's not presenting that stuff like it's real and stuff like that. And it's, it, it, 
you have to just take the journey with it. I gotta say because like it, it, like I can't. I'm not even sure if I can score it because I respect it for for like for like no, what it that. did. Sure. Um, yeah. And I, it's, it's, and it's free. So if you're it's interested on Amazon in Prime, watching a unique film, definitely that's unique. free, definitely unique. and you want to watch something different, check it out. Yeah. Right? I encourage, so. I definitely encourage people to check it out. Okay. Like I, and this isn't like a hard recommend where I'm just like, you have to see this movie, but I'm telling you, like, it's one of those things like you watch it and you just kind of want to want to like discuss it with people. Yeah. They bring up so many different topics like about about like Gavin's journey and stuff like that, where people were basically calling him disingenuous because it would be disingenuous to take this footage that you think is proof of the paranormal, edit it and then present it as your film for profit. Right. Like so it only behooves you to say that this is real footage, but there's no proof of that. Mm. So it's 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 it kind of gets into like this, like the, the creative process like where does it begin and end like and, and what are the moralities are there ethics involved in the in, in the creative process sure, sure. there's there is some like deep so I, I would love to, and I think this is a film that is for filmmakers and, and what is this called again butterfly kisses and butterfly it's, kisses and okay. it's on Amazon Prime so you can check it out if you are a prime subscriber you can check it out for free I really encourage everyone to check it out I'm not going to give it a score I'm not like reviewing it but I am encouraging people especially people who who create who who I even if you run a podcast or you you know you 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 do photography or you you are a filmmaker i think there's something about the creative process that is inside of this film that is that warrants a lot of discussion so definitely check it out all right jay let's head over and let's get into our 5 minute ish review for pet cemetery <laughs> So me and Jay got a five-minute-ish review for Pet Cemetery to do. This is going to be a spoiler-free review. So for those of you who haven't seen it yet, no worries, because we are not going to be spoiling the entire plot, much like the trailers have done. I remember my birthday party. Church was out on the road. And everything went black. It's okay now. Are you back? Back from where? What's going on? There's a place Rach brings things back. Are you daughter? Are you happy, mommy? If you cheat death, there's a price to be paid. I needed more time with her. Sometimes dead is better. All right, so the synopsis for Pet Cemetery goes like this. Got to get my trailer voice ready. <clears throat> Dr. Lewis Creed wants to spend more time with his family, so he moves to a remote town in Maine to get away from the big city of Boston. What Dr. Creed didn't know was that his neighbor, a crusty old man named Judd, shows him a way to be with his family forever, for better or worse, living or dead. Dun, dun, dun. Sometimes dad's better. <laughs> All right, man. So, uh, Pet Cemetery, man. This this movie 
was I, I was extremely excited for it. I actually went to go see this before I saw Shazam because I was extremely excited for this movie. I do like yeah. the, the the original one from the eighties, the nineteen eighty nine one. Uh, I I do think that that one is is flawed only in the fact that it was it was kind of limited to the way films were made at the time. Yeah, it's the, very it's of dated. its time. Yeah, it's especially extremely now dated. after this movie. Um, I don't think many people are going to go and revisit the older one. Right. So I was looking forward to this movie based on several different factors based on the fact that it was an update to a story that I that that I liked uh, I love the book as well I'm a huge Stephen King fan and then also I, I like the I like the actors who are in it you know yeah, it was an effective trailer it had a lot of buzz coming into it yeah so. and and Jason Clark and and John Lithgow I I really enjoy them then they're Nothing bad to report about either of them in this movie either. You know, they're both they're both pretty serviceable. I thought John Lithgow, he's not like some revelation in it, but he's he 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 plays the role of Judd really well. I I don't know if he played it as well as the <laughs> as the original guy did, uh, Herman Munster from the Munsters, because mm. he just doesn't have that cadence to his voice, and that's like what I really expected from Judd. But right. um, one of the things that like kind of really bothered me about this movie is that it does have a twist. In that this story doesn't go exactly like the original story went. It does try its hand at a different ending that 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 the original and the book didn't necessarily go with. Um, it it kind of takes it a little bit further and explains what happens. But I think in this day and age, I think it was effective. I, I think, I think uh, it was see, ominous too. For, I don't think it was ending. effective at all. I don't think the ending was effective at all. No. So, uh, but w- one of the things that I I don't like is that the trailer kind of spoils the twist. In the original one, it was it was gage who died um and in this one it's 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 not gage <laughs> well and the trailer even said the trailer we played said hug your daughter rachel so it, it also took so, a long time to get to that point it, it, it so it did take a little while to get there and the way i just i was describing this movie was it was extremely good at break at, at building tension just just st- tension stacking on top of tension and then it would break the tension a little bit with jump scares and stuff like that but it it continued building tension right up until the last 20 minutes of the movie and then this this deck of cards that they built this house of cards it all comes crashing down and i, I and i find the ending extremely lackluster honestly like i when i was watching it especially the 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 where where the movie ends and and how the movie ends i was like i'm just not down i actually i actually like the way the original one ended better i thought that that was what well, you've never seen the original one so you have right so i'm, I'm a little about. i'm a little curious about that but um i i but that's i think what i was curious about with your take was i thought it was an unexpected ending because it was kind of like you said, it was a very serviceable movie. Yeah, it, it was fine. Uh, performances were fine. I thought the the beginning was a little too long. I thought, um, but at- after things were going, I was I was with it. Before I was with it before a horror movie like atmosphere, I will say this: the atmosphere was like on job. point. Like yes. that very good job. With appropriately that. creepy. The score yeah. was really was really good along with it. Um, the 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 it's just you know it just wasn't yeah it towards just, the very end. I kind of just went along with it and i was surprised that like i said it was just a very um surprising bleak ominous kind of ending that was not a stereotypical ending i thought and i thought it had a little bit of balls to it to go that route um but i don't know i can't i know perspective because i don't know the book yeah i never watched the original and for me it was just like huh 
and then I just kind of moved on. But it's not a memorable movie. It's not a movie that I'm going to watch and go seek so out. So what? What I'm wondering because of maybe that fact. Unless there's a sequel. That's so. That's <laughs> what I'm wondering. Did they? Did they, they do this ending to set up a sequel? It's possible. Like, were they hoping that this was going to be another it, and they could possibly have a Pet Cemetery chapter two? Like, is that yeah, something that they were hoping they for? Leave that kind of open ended with that. They do 100. So. percent And for me, like just just watching this, the the thing that I was really impressed with was the wife Rachel we know we know from the original one that she had some some demons in her closet she had some sort of 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 post-traumatic stress that involved her sister Zelda and 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 the sickness that she had and also the accident that befell Zelda and stuff like that it haunts her and those to me were the most were, were the first off in the original they were the most haunting things the most haunting images in my mind yeah uh, yeah that was pretty bad yeah Oof. yeah and and but in this movie i thought they actually did the zelda scenes and and her reaction to them and her 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 post-traumatic stress from them far better in this movie than they did in the original one uh because one of the things i love is the way they set up like she's having a memory uh while she's while while she's in her room about what happened to zelda and and you're hearing all the sounds that you heard in the flashback and you're seeing it all happen and she goes and opens the medicine cabinet and you get a you get a good jump scare out of that mm-hmm. um later on in the movie when she's when she's being chased she locks herself in her bedroom she's in the same exact spot that she was when she had that flashback before and the sounds are happening again and it's all happening again and in her mind she's thinking this is a psychotic moment i'm having my psychosis and she she goes inside herself and tries to tries to get rid of it and then of course so i thought that was a good callback there's 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 things that that they that they call back to that i really like and i thought that they did well uh one of the things that 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 i didn't really like was the jogger you know who who is kind of like his his spirit guide in it they they really downplayed that it was a much more prominent character much more prominent figure in the original one and in the book and here he was just kind of there's like an ominous spectral warning that gets ignored <laughs> and, right. and then he gets regulated to the side but uh i ultimately for for atmosphere and for 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 the acting it's good yeah for but i think certain character choices were 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 off oh dude and that was this movie that that bothered me a little bit shit for developing its characters apps why do i feel for judd i know nothing about judd other than he loves the little girl that's all i know about judd and he had a wife named norma who died you know i didn't have time there there was not enough time spent developing lewis creed's relationship with judd like like they did in the book and like they did in the original movie like you 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 feel for judd because because Judd is this sweet old man. In this, John Lithgow kind of came off as a little creepy, and I kept waiting for for like a ball to drop, and I'm like, "What a twist! He was behind it the whole time." But it, it, I, I'm not. I'm wondering if that was the filmmaker's fault for the way they crafted the the film or the or the takes that they chose to use in the movie. Because I know because I was getting that sl- a little feel of the creepy vibe. Yeah, and I don't think that was intended. And let's face it, anyone can climb that deadfall that's back there. Like, yeah. no one can climb it. Oh, I, I know all the footholes. I'll get over it. And it's <laughs> like, everyone knows the footholes. It's pretty easy to get over. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I, th- those are the two things that really stand out to me. I thought the character development was pretty shit uh, for, for the most part. And 
and I really just didn't like the ending, but I was with it with the atmosphere and stuff like that. And uh, I think as far as horror movie goes, this is a pretty this is a pretty good example of of a, of a modern horror movie. I don't think it's a stellar example. You know, it's no us. You know, it kind of I wonder would my score be higher if this movie came out before us? You know, like what I think. But, uh, but I, I even, don't think so. No, I no. even think back to it, and like it was just so stellar. Like it was really really good. And this is just. This is good, man. Uh, it, it's not worth going to the theaters for, though, for sure. No. I don't. I don't think it's worth. No. I, don't, I don't think it's worth your dollars. So, Jay, what is your score for Pet Cemetery? B minus. Nah, we're right on. We're right on target. B minus. That's what I got for it. I like I said, super effective with this atmosphere, though. Yeah, I saw it in Dolby. Um, yeah, you so know, those jump scares, of course, got me. Uh, you know, the vibrating chairs a little bit. Right, and I know some people and, are complaining about <clears throat> the jump scares. Like, oh, it's so hard. They were loud. They were very loud. They were very in your face. But the, it was only three or four, but, if that. But that's so, the point of a horror movie. If if a horror movie doesn't have jump scares, then what gets your blood going? You know. But also, it is a. It's kind of the point of where they're at and the whole point. And and, and also, why the fuck wouldn't they just leave? Like, I, I, it might be a little spoiler based, but like when things started to happen, any family would have left by why? the time things start to twist and change. Why he's a man of science, Jay? No, but he already experienced a couple very weird things mm, that- along with the wife having traumatic issues but she wasn't divulging that to her husband she just said that she has a bad feeling about that place and she'd like to leave she never divulged what was going on okay. inside her psychosis until today. after the fact all right all right yeah. so no there's okay. plenty of reasons why they wouldn't why they wouldn't leave not to mention it's financially 50, it's 50 <laughs> acres of forest and he just pretty probably sunk all of his all of his money and he's, yeah. and he's a doctor he's probably still paying off those student loans so true all right that yeah that's it me and jay both give it a, a b minus don't go see it in the theaters this will be coming out to video on demand Run it at home. Just go watch Shazam twice. Yeah, Shazam twice. All right, Jay. In fact, now that you mention that, we got a little bit of a longer form review that we're going to do for Shazam. So let's get into that. Our Shazam review is going to be different than Pet Cemetery. I know we got a little spoilery in Pet Cemetery more so than we would be, but again, the trailers for Pet Cemetery were spoiler to itself. So um, with Shazam, we're going to do a spoiler-free review up front, and then we'll play the spoiler warning and we'll jump in into spoilerific reviews and some Easter eggs for you guys to check out. You've run from foster homes in six counties. I can take care of myself. When you're 18, give these people a chance because that's what they're giving you. You look at me and you're like, why so dark? You're a disabled foster kid. You've got it all. Daily bats. I choose you as champion. Say my name so my powers may flow through you. But I don't know your name, sir. Shazam. Ready for real? Say okay. Shazam? All right, Jay. Our synopsis for Shazam goes like this. Billy Batson is about to get big. Billy is given superpowers after being lured by a wizard to his secret underground lair. Once Billy touches his staff and speaks his name, Billy goes through some series of life-altering changes, much like other boys his age. But Billy's are more electric. Mm. (laughs) All right, man. So... Spoiler-free review, what did you think of Shazam, the latest from DC in their modern movies? And uh, I would say their most ambitious 
ambitious where like they really I, I feel like they really just let these these film creators just go off the leash. I think so. Yeah. I think um they did a surprisingly effective job with being dark. I mean, they're they're keeping in the in the darker realms with like like DCU films previously with the the Snyder's, but it completely surprised me with the heart, the heart of the film, with the family, the foster family taking them under his wings, and and the other kids that live there. That was my favorite dynamic of the movie i think for the most part um throughout and what's going to hold up i think over time as well because you know the foster parents i think that just made their careers they're fantastic you say dark i say grounded where like it has it has these bombastic like comedy moments big superhero action and and a a lot of like Like the opening of the movie was very dark it was very bleak it was but but, i know they're setting up the villain right but that's that's also like like I said that, like that that that's the stuff that grounds it and and it, and it allows the the levity that exists in the film to 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 elevate higher and be the levity that it is because yeah, it does, it because does. all this stuff that 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 you're saying is is dark and gritty and so much like the Nolan universe swear to me it's it's it, there, none of that's there like because because I'm, I'm feeling like you're describing it in a way that it isn't <laughs> like I, don't, I didn't catch any of that at all i did see like, I, that's what and maybe because it opened the movie with that i would say it's, it's re- it, it, it kind of opened up and stayed with my with me for a little longer than um i would say i, it's, I, I thought or i realized because going into it i thought it was gonna be a little lighter i would and it s- is it's eventually got that point and it's so much fun um and and i had a blast with this movie it, it was easily one of my favorite films um in the superhero genre i think of of recent time so it's directed by david f sandberg and he has directed horror movies prior to this he did lights out um, back in 2016, and he also directed Annabelle Creation back in 2017. So again, like this is this is kind of like what DC is is doing, like Marvel was doing. They're picking up people who are on the ground floor, and and they're they're getting to they're getting to to work with a big budget blockbuster, yeah, with a with a big time studio. And uh, I gotta say, man. For some reason, horror movie directors make extremely good directors when when you bring them into the superhero realm. It's also written by Henry Gaiden. Now, if you don't know who Henry Gaiden is, he is the screenwriter behind Spider-Man 3 and Earth to Echo. Not a lot of writing credits to his name, man. I wonder if there was a lot of improv going on in this movie. Uh, he, you know, Zach, Zach Levi is a funny guy, but I don't know if he's if he's that funny. But I got to say, man, Zachary Levy as uh, Zachary Levi as Shazam was absolutely fantastic. It, it, it is perfect. But the breakaway star in this, hands down, has to be Jack Dylan. Thank you. Yes, I 100% agree. I did not like Asher Angel all that much. I thought he was a little he was okay. too one so note. He's, he's okay. And wouldn't. But and, and Mark Strong as the villain is is also he's okay. He's very serviceable. Yeah, he's right? okay. But man, yeah, yeah. Zachary Levi and Jack Dylan are absolutely fantastic. And I mean, it makes sense because those are the two people that we spend the most time with in the film. And there's a spoiler with um, Mr. Freddy later on that I, I, I think was um, a beautiful surprise and i had a lot of fun with that oh yeah david is what i'm talking about <laughs> it that what that right there when that happened it just made yeah 
it so, made me almost cry because I was we'll so happy. We'll get into it in, yeah. in spoiler sections. But okay. the thing that I really liked about this movie is not only did it, did it do did it make a really well-made superhero, it did an origin story in an extremely interesting way. Mm-hmm. Um and also it comes from from a different it comes from a different place because the main character as big as he is and you know as as old as Zachary Levi is, it's still about a, four, a 14 or 15 year old kid being inside that body right and, which is and, a remake and and in the creators have called this out they said like no this is an homage to big who's kind of a prick right right yeah well he's a prick because everyone's a prick when they're when they're 15 they're but he's selfish. also but it's also because he has no real family rightfully so he's got some chips on his shoulder some serious chips on his shoulder and it keeps coming up and coming up and he is um but, it's, it's a it's just a great but jay if there's no story, less if there's no lesson message. to learn and your hero doesn't need to grow he then does why learn, tell a story? he does learn i know yeah, i know so. and it's it's a lot of fun and guess what dave it's in philadelphia it is that so i didn't even know that until all the movies started oh, i was really? like holy uh, shit they how did, did i not know this they did some filming in philadelphia not a lot uh, a lot of it was, was filmed elsewhere like the septa trains they they do have septa and they do have our septa maps the art museum steps but those that was not a septa bus that was not a a septa train they they slapped the logos on some other cities trains and stuff like that they didn't actually use septa because they would probably have to shut down some major railways in philadelphia which wouldn't have hollywood magic yeah it wouldn't have been cheap but one of the things that i really like about this movie and i gotta praise it for is is the script and not so much dialogue just just its ability with the comedy to to do recalls the the way like they they set up jokes earlier on in the movie that are that are funny that give you a chuckle and then they bring them back later on and they give you a gut buster in it right and that's that's one of the things that i that i really appreciated with it um because when i was watching this i i didn't know how to how to really come at it and when i was out i was like no this is this is a comedy like that's this exists it's it's very much like a it has how do i put it's very much like a deadpool but i actually think the comedy in this it was better at Deadpool. I think it, I think it's going to hold up over time yeah, longer than Deadpool's because, comedy. Yeah. Because Deadpool, like it, it throws shit at you so fast, like, it, and it's just trying to throw as many jokes into its two-hour runtime as possible. Mm-hmm. And if half of them land, then they did their job. This, they actually wanted to make sure that that their comedy moments were all landing. And I and yeah. I, and I, I really like that. And man, I just I really enjoyed it for I, adults and kids. You know, exa- and that's that's the thing that like this has a PG thirteen rating, but it, it's it's never been more appropriate. It's a bold, yeah, yeah PG thirteen. It's, it's sure. just as appropriate for a ten year old as it is for for a thirty year old. I think so. It works. I think so. It works on multiple levels. And but, I mean, I don't know about a ten year old because, I, like I said, I do think it is a little dark, especially for a ten year old. I do. I don't. I, I, I got. I'm going to rewatch this movie in theaters. Um, I did really enjoy this movie, and I do. I, I'm kind of surprised that I liked it as much as I did. Now, don't be. Um, you might. I might get a lot of hate for my grade for the grade uh, the, for the movie because I think technically there are movies. Uh, I don't know, there's elements in the movie that I thought was not working for me and like i said it was a little dark and bleak and it kind of left a bad taste in my mouth in the beginning and i thought that billy was a little wooden as a child and i did not like him as a character and i thought zachary levi was fucking great so you know it was it was a little hard for me to watch um sometimes but 
the last chapter of the movie was just so good and it ended with the perfect bang that you would ever really want to hope for because the family dynamic with the foster home is beautiful and so heartfelt i absolutely loved it and i'm gonna give it a b plus i don't think that's that harsh i think it's i think it's probably a little low compared to other reviews but it's not it's that's not too harsh mine is an a i'm giving it an a i i have very little problems with this movie with the exception of of did it feel long though to you not at all so yeah it felt a little long to me it's 12 minutes over two hours so yeah i guess i guess it is a little long but I, I, I didn't feel the length at all. I had a, a fan-fucking-tastic time with this movie. That's why I'm giving it an A. I mean, my, my only knock on it is is really I wasn't crazy about the about the sins, about the, the seven deadly sins and the way that they were like really portrayed. I In moments of action, they just kind of looked like brown blobs, brown-grayish blobs at times. Um, I didn't like their creature designs. Yeah, I wasn't crazy about that. But other than that, you know, Do- Dr. Savannah, I wasn't, you know, he they gave him a very human story in the beginning, and then they very much turned him into a irredeemable psychopath very quickly in the film. I didn't have time to to really like get to know him well, to really like I'm not not saying sympathize with the villain, but like really understand him. You know, it, it was just power hungry for the sake of owning power. Yeah. Because he was told he would never have it. And it's like, well And hating his family. Well that's gone. I mean yeah, yeah. All of us, all of us resonate with that emotion. We've never taken it to that length, so clearly there's something wrong with you, sir. Yes, but I, I, I think the film paid off in huge ways by the end, and I think it did a fantastic job of setting itself up with all of that. I and sequels, and well, sequels for sure, for sure. All right, Jay. So that's it. That's for our review. For all the rest of you, we're going to take about ten minutes to talk about spoiler stuff so Eh, five minutes no it's gonna be about that (laughs) so skip ahead about 10 minutes for us to get into our beer reviews spoiler warning spoiler warning spoiler warning all right all you guys don't want to be spoiled you're gone so jay your your favorite move moment of you were what you were alluding to before was that when freddie is imbued with the powers of shazam as well freddie goes from jack dylan to adam brody and the interesting thing about that is like it's perfect casting because he was once cast as a dc hero in partially that partially i've always been a big fan of george miller's justice league he was supposed to be the flash exactly since the OC and his career never really took off. We've been on the run, hiding in the sun, looking out for number one. California, here we come, right back where we started from. California, California. Anyway, <laughs> that's Blaine what Seth Adam, Cowan. That, I mean, and he was Adam Brody the, does the, to us. the uber geek, you know, movie geek, comic geek, whatever you want to call it. And for him to finally get a superhero role. Right. <laughs> that was worthy of him as a person, as an actor. As brief as it was. But also just as a character as well in the movie um, is fantastic. So it, it is perfect casting. Also I cameo so by, by Megan Good here, who plays the she, who plays the Shazam the version right? of Darla. Yeah, yeah, yeah Darla. <laughs> so, I love Which is she, adorable. I mean, she, Megan, she, she, she rescues Santa and then whispers, I've been a really good girl this year. <laughs> 
<laughs> I did. It was a lot of fun watching. That. I did love that. And you know, as far as like a lot of of the film goes, that that's like the only real big like spoiler of it is. It's like I mean, you know that he gets the powers of Shazam. You know he's gonna have to learn some lessons and stuff like that. But the big the big reveal is when he's able to share his power with his five foster siblings, and they all become versions of of shazam and that goes into the comics like like mary in the comics was known as mary marvel so a little bit of backstory he Mm -hmm. used to be called he used to be called captain marvel and i know there's another captain marvel movie that came out a couple weeks ago that people are still talking about made billions of dollars and all that but that actually wasn't the original captain marvel captain marvel was originally called captain marvelous he was written by i believe it was Wiz comics that was eventually sued and then absorbed in dc comics he didn't have a comic until the 1970s by the time that happened captain marvel already existed in 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 marvel Marvel, so they had to call the comic Shazam, but he was still referred to as Captain Marvel in the comics back when they did the DC New 52 starting in 2011. The character was called Shazam. The story was called Shazam. And this movie is a direct pretty much make of that of that New 52 run that was written by Jeff Johns. Yeah, there you go. Beat for beat. Even the main villain in that was Dr. Savannah along with Black Adam, Jay. So little bit of like thinking here. Billy Batson is one, right? So seven sins, seven wizards, seven wizards, seven people could share the power. He shared the power. There's only six of them, though, Jay. So who's the seventh? That's what I was thinking. Black Adam. Oh, my God. That's what I was thinking. I was thinking that's how they're going to do it. But in the original comic, uh, the the Black Adam was was part of that. But I wonder who's going to look bigger on screen, Shazam yeah. or The Rock. But pretty much beat for beat, that was that this was that Jeff Johns run, and I think they did it fantastically uh, when they when they, when they really brought this to screen. And and that Jeff Johns run is pretty much like, as far as I'm concerned, it's it's pretty much a definitive run on Shazam. It's really the modern version of him, and it's the version this film draws heavily from. And it's also, I would say, probably the my favorite version at least I, i'm not going to say the best i don't want to i don't want to trounce 80 years of history with the character but it's probably the best one that that i can think of for it but beat for beat yeah, yeah that 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 was it now the black adam movie where's black adam was he in the end credits he was not Mm-mm. there was uh, that, that was the i, I want to say it's a disappointment for me but I, I get it from from Warner Brothers standpoint. Black Adam's going to have his own movie, so if he's going to have his own movie, don't waste. This him is a long term plan. Yeah, they're banking on well, a, on this. So The Rock was cast as Black Adam was announced as being Black Adam What's ten that? years ago, almost ten, a long fucking time ago. Jay, back I when the it was DC like three or four, back shit. when the DCEU started, like right around the time like Man of Steel was being released, and and uh, yeah, Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice, like in between that time, like they announced that. He was going to be that he was going to be Black Adam. It seems like forever, and we've still yet to see him put the outfit on or even show up on screen. But and, and I was waiting for that moment, and I don't want to say like I'm disappointed in the movie for not doing it. I'm disappointed that I didn't get it, but that's not a knock on the movie for not doing it. Um, I think Warner Brothers really wasn't 100% confident with this performing well. That's exactly what I was thinking. I was like, well, they're not going to waste. Because if they were, they would have had that tease. Also, remember, not that they were making this movie on a budget, but they were trying to bring this in under a budget of other DC movies. Warner Brothers, we know with the Joker coming out, they are trying to make movies with more of a budget that that speak to to a... 
They're trying to audience. bring back mid-range budgets again. Yeah, exactly. Where it, you know they, they don't want to blow their wad and lose their money like they did three right. or four times over already. You know they've had some successes, they've had some misses. This one was only eighty million dollars, and I say only as if like that's not bigger than most before budgets. a superhero movie. Before a superhero movie, that's, that's low, kind of unheard of. That's low. Yeah. So uh, marketing has been was skimp at first, and I think like they've really amped it up to a really smart way. Like I love the marketing for this movie where he's on a cell phone blowing a blowing a bubble like what says like i'm a kid in adult pants more than that so but as far as black adam goes you have to pay the rock a lot of money to appear even and probably in a cameo role putting him in here would have cost them uh, they might have jumped that budget up to a, to 90 million <laughs> very easily uh, yeah who knows but so, but really i think uh, jay they didn't they didn't even give henry cavill a cameo i know how about that just the s just 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 him being there that was kind of fun though <laughs> it was funny that was funny it was funny i, I, I didn't need the face what would have what would have been funnier is if he sat down and it was henry cavill and he had the mustache <laughs> oh my god but he may be out of contract That's genius he may be out of contract now so to get him back in they may have to put him to a new contract or pay him a lot of money to be here so again budget budget saving and then that that i think that confirmed that he's out that that other credit scene the the mid credit scene right did that did I, that have you wondering what was going on? Yeah, I had to look it up, and I and lo and behold, <laughs> he's like one of the bigger uh, nemesis in for, for Shazam. That's right. Yeah, and I I don't get it. <laughs> I just don't. He it, it looked stupid. It was CGI like caterpillar or something. <laughs> So, so that that is Mister Mind, and uh, he's appearing to him much in the way that uh, Amazing Spider-Man, you know, someone uh, appears in in the jail cell to start like the Sinister Six. It kind of felt like that. But Mister Mind is the leader of the Monster Society of Evil, who is kind of like these big bads for for Captain Marvel. And uh, but he is a a little inchworm, pretty much, who has psychic capabilities and stuff. So um, he he's the one that, that puts together and the monster society of evil and in that society in in some of the remakes have been dr savannah and black adam so um it's a way to tie it into there but w- one of the things that i thought was really cool is that mr mind is actually in this movie more than you think jay he's in a jar in the background in all of the scenes inside the wizard's lair and he's released when savannah throws Captain Marvel into the chairs and he breaks the glass that's there but we never got a close up of it so we never saw the little inchworm but that's wow. where that's where he is so there's a little bit extra. so he was held like prisoner well yeah he's he's an inch- he's also oh because he's also a villain for the wizards yeah yeah, yeah. The, okay. the, the wizards protect the seven realms of magic and and he gotcha. is a criminal of the seven realms gotcha. of magic so yeah. and we got to see a little bit of the realms when they were bouncing back and forth through the doors and stuff like that but yeah i uh so so th- those are some of the easter eggs that that you can find in this movie this movie is filled with them a lot of the the, the nicknames that freddie came up for uh captain marvel were actually names that were used for captain marvel at, at different times so not captain sparkle fingers that was not one of them <laughs> <laughs> oh man so that's gonna yeah, do we had a good time with running different kind of names out oh, there it was so it funny was, it was good it was funny it was good it's so good this is hands down i i think my favorite dc 
EU movie so far. Yeah, it's safe to say. Yeah. 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 And, uh, and, and that's, that's with Wonder Woman in the running too. Like, I like this more than Wonder Woman. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I do too. Definitely more yeah. than Aquaman for sure. Cause I was not a huge, I know a lot of people, Aquaman has, has a lot of fans out there. And it's, oh, I'm not one. I was not, not crazy about it. But all right, Jay, that's going to do it. It wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. That's going to do it for our Shazam review. Let's head over and let's get into our beers. to the beer segment me and jay got two beers that we are going to be reviewing for you but before we do that we're going to drop a line to our sponsor blowfish blowfish is the only fda approved hangover cure what it is two tablets that you drop into eight to 12 ounces of water drink that shit down and your hangover starts to feel better so if you crashed your sister's bridal shower and you were drinking tito's and tea and got real <laughs> shit-faced and had a whopping of a hangover come Monday morning, then you're going to want to reach into your medicine cabinet and pull out that blowfish that you got on a discount by going to fourhangovers.com using the promo code SMBFISH to get your 15% off. Tito's and tea. <laughs> just, just With your pinky out. Yeah, <laughs> very much so. Everything you do is the whitest thing I've ever known. <laughs> oh, God. It's getting worse in age. Yeah. Super Movie Bros is also brought to you by the Podcoin app. Podcoin is a podcast streaming app that you can download on iOS and Android. What you can do is you listen to your podcasts on there, you earn some points, and then you can redeem those points for other things, and portions of your listening go towards charity as well. So why don't you help out some people while listening to your podcast and do something with with your life download the podcoin app and start streaming all your podcasts there and earn a little bit more for your hard podcast listening efforts we do have an indie podcast to spotlight this week this indie pod is brought to you by movie geek proud hi i'm rob and i'm sean and we are movie, movie geek, geek and, and proud, proud. A movie podcast where two gay movie geeks review current and older movies of all genres, good and bad. We also pick titles and share our opinions on films that are either not well known or guilty pleasures. But we are proud of our taste and encourage all other movie geeks to do the same. And it's not just movie reviews on our show. We play games, trivia, movie drafts. We have guests come on and even the occasional skit. <laughs> you can listen to our show on your favorite podcast apps, including SoundCloud, Podbean, and iTunes. You can also follow us on Twitter at MGNP Podcast. And remember, every movie has at least one fan. You're so cheesy. What? How's that cheesy? And every movie does not have at least one fan. Uh, I say it does, and you can't prove it doesn't. You can't prove it does. Yes, I can. That's why we're doing this show. It's like every time you want to start with me, I don't understand. No, you yes, can't. You so can't. I'm, I'm no, telling you, they ridiculous. always have to do. You always do this. Movie Geek and Proud, a new episode every Wednesday. All right, Movie Geek and Proud is obviously a show where two gay movie fans talk about the movies that they love. And what I love about their show, Jay, is they have a mantra that me and you have, which is no such thing as a guilty pleasure. True. 
There, and it, banter. Yeah. And, and that, <laughs> that, that, and, that and witty comical banter. Yes. So uh, I definitely recommend this podcast. Head over to iTunes or your favorite podcast listening app, Podcoin, and <laughs> you can check out Movie Geek and Proud. So, Jay, you got a beer that you're going to be reviewing for us. I also, too, have a beer that I'll be reviewing for you because that's how it works. We both review a beer. It's a, it's, that's a thing we've been doing since day one on this show, 144 episodes. Jay, what beer are you sucking? down today i have long trail brewing company's limbo ipa how does that compare to tito's and tea <laughs> a lot more refreshing i think right now since i'm more of a sober mind now yeah <laughs> uh 7.6 alcohol by volume 80 ipus i think this one has a lot of different kind of flavors going on to it. it's really it's a, it has a really odd refreshing bold taste with a lot of pine um a lot of hop and and it does leave your mouth with a nice clean finish. It's really refreshing. It's it's just a solid IPA. It's a flavor that I feel like I haven't had in a while. I bet you wish women described you in such a way. <laughs> oh my god, do I ever? <laughs> Leaves your uh, mouth feeling fresh and clean. <laughs> hooking up with Jay. There's <laughs> a revelation. There's a lot of flavors that I've never had before. It doesn't taste what? like a bad oyster. <laughs> <It's> a- <laughs> I'm talking about what they would say about you. <laughs> Are you belittling woman for like the no, smell of like a vagina? No, Is that what you're I doing? Thought I was Jay? talking about my spunk, man. You know what I'm saying? Like the saltiness, the you salty know, the, the salty yeah. oyster, you know? Uh, oh, God. Who calls it spunk? <laughs> like, what are you, Dude, you're like a dirty old man I, from that's a 1970s. probably the first time I've ever actually used that word. <laughs> you're like a dirty old man from a 1970s You hear out. it. You hear it <laughs> from time to time. But it's not my choice of words. Just, but you just used it right now. I know, I know. There's another. You know what's a funnier word? Milk. <laughs> I've never heard it called it. No. I mean, i I heard I heard an Australian Sploosh woman my milk all over now. I heard <laughs> it's I, I, terrible. It's terrible. I heard an Australian woman like describe like like sex with a guy once, and she was talking about how boring the sex is. So she looked at him, and like the word she used was, "Have you slimed yet?" So- <laughs> <laughs> I think I might have heard that before. Have yeah. you slimed yet? Yeah. It's like, oh, just refer to jism as, as there, slime? There's a lot of random words out But that there. gives a whole new meaning, like when you watch Ghostbusters. Oh. <laughs> and Bill Murray's on his back, and he's yeah. like, he slimed me. <laughs> Maybe in the Australian version of Ghostbusters, right. they refer to that. He's, you never know. He spunked me. They had, did they have different... <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, Jay, what's the score for your beer, man? Um, I think I'm going to go with a four. A four out of five, I think. Not good for you. Four out of yeah. five. That's not bad. That's yeah. not bad. All right. So I am drinking the Shiner Wicked Juicy IPA. So this is 5.7% alcohol by volume, and it is an Indian pale ale that comes from Shiner, Texas. What do you know? What do you know? Some decent things do come out of Texas, like people from austin and true <laughs> pretty much the only only austin <laughs> yeah <laughs> just lost all of our texas listeners Shit. this is uh super good i uh like it lots it is, is it juicy dave it's it's very juicy it um it better be it makes my mouth water even when it's not in my mouth mm. so like it makes me like want more it's like a dorito like i just oh yeah i just great reference i completely understand now right right exactly <laughs> you know like you eat a dorito and then uh. you're like god damn that dorito was good but it's almost like your brain forgets how like why was that good what was good about it? I better mm. put another one in my mouth. It's just good. Yeah. You yeah. drink a beer like me now. Yeah. 
<laughs> now it's like uh, it's it's super juicy uh very 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 well balanced in its hops man like it, it, it's not super overpowering up front like it doesn't have that it doesn't have like that 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 dank smell you know it doesn't have that uh it's got an extremely nice fruity juicy middle and then it finishes off real crisp but dry very cool very well balanced i too am giving this one a 4.5 nice i'll have to grab another one next yeah. time yeah if uh if if it had a better label it would probably be it a, is very corny right it would have a 4.5 but i guess they got no imagination down in texas just waiting for that wall to go up yeah <laughs> That's the one thing that made me kind of a little, you know, I was like, really? I'm like, I, I like the word juicy on the label. Obviously, juicy IPAs are a lot of fun. Yeah. But this one, you yeah. know, you're like not, your girl, a little uninspired. You're like the your label. girls described as juicy as well, right? <laughs> Sopping. <laughs> not too wet. No, that's that's no. a word that always like bothers me when someone says the word. I don't want a leaky faucet, Dave. <laughs> Sopping and moist are two words that make uh, me just cringe. I don't know what it is about them. No, just, I, uh, I love moist. It cracks me up. Uh, <laughs> it cracks you up because it bothers me so much. It bothers everybody, it seems like. <laughs> all right, Jay, let's head over and let's get into our top five DC movies of all time. Now, this isn't DCEU movies, so we're not going to be sticking to just those. This is any film made that was once a DC comic. It's based on a DC comic. Bumpy buggers, rubber baby, bumpy buggers. Let's do this. All right, Jay, it's time to get into our top five. We're doing our top five DC films of all time. So we're not just sticking it to the DCEU. This is going to be all DC films that are based on DC comics that have come out ever. Ever. We can go from ever Batman 1966 all the way up to and including Shazam, should you want to. However, we all know you. A History of Violence is 100% on your list. Jay, what is your number five DC movie? It's actually Shazam. His name is Captain Sparklefingers. No, it's not. It's not my, that's not my name. This might be a little surprising after our, 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 my, our previous review. Yeah, because you give it a B. B plus. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's not getting to Harvard with those grades. <laughs> I do think in rewatching. It, it it will actually hold up, and it's so much fun. I'm not gonna lie, I toyed with putting and this on I my list. And I do think that it is it's found the right marriage of dark tones and light tones, hope, family, um, humor, action, and just original content that you're not going to see in any other feature in DC probably anytime soon. Fair so, enough. Don't beat a dead horse. We already talked about this. Enough. I know, <laughs> but I'm I'm excited for the future in this franchise. Less is more. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jay. My number five, V for Vendetta. It is to Madame Justice that I dedicate this concerto in honor of the holiday she seems to have taken from these parts and in recognition of the imposter that stands in her stead. Tell me, do you know what day it is, Evie? Um, November the 4th. Not anymore. Remember, remember the fifth of November. Remember, remember. Honorable mention for November. me. Yes. Yeah, I love this movie. I did too. I have it on DVD still. Such an awesome, such an awesome movie, man. Such a such a like a dystopian type future and stuff with a very realistic type hero, anti-hero at, at, at that terrorist. Sure. Even some would call sure. him. Sure. Um. So and 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 it coming out at a time when, uh, especially like in America. 
America, there, you know, a lot of the first world countries in the world were fighting a war on terror. So like to, to kind of have someone who could be construed as a terrorist as the main hero even was, was pretty, you know, crazy, but I think they did a good job of really balancing it out. Right. Cause you like, you don't, you don't agree with him at they all times. The, I, it's, it's amazing that they pulled this movie off. Really. When you really, really think about it between the action, right. between the, te- the, the dialogue, this, the story, the characters, the acting, and everything you know, worked out perfectly and you know like when you go buy a house they're like oh you know it might be a little bit of a fixer-upper but it's got good bones this this has good bones because it was written by one of the greatest comic book writers of all time alan moore and it's it's developed from from his comic it was published under vertigo comics which is of course uh dc comics so it is it is one of their subsidiaries yeah this this thing drank some grade a whole milk yeah Yeah, Yeah. strong bones and and (laughs) you know it gave us one of the best performances from Natalie Portman, um, she's up there. Yeah, she, she continues to give fantastic performances in a lot of she her films. Committed. But yeah, she committed to this film, and I think it's like one of those movies that it, you know it very easily could have been done in a way that that had no reverence for its subject matter. It very easily could have been just a blockbuster with with lots of explosions, and they they could have went the Matrix route with it, and they they didn't though. You know, they they really paid reverence to to its story and to a lot of the political intrigue that was involved with the story and and they really brought that to a main audience and made a lot of people really love it. And of course Hugo Weaving you are playing V, his voice perfect casting it was and And he was a last minute add-on because they previously casted somebody else to play v and they had to quickly uh replace him with hugo weaving which i'm gonna be honest the reasons on my list is so i don't think enough people talk about this movie anymore i I think you're right i think it warrants people to go ahead and give it another watch i I agree with that rj what is your number four it is history of violence i knew it was on your list surprisingly low though why don't you ask tom may ask him how come he's so good killing people this movie was perfect for all the actors involved for david cronenberg himself and also having a slight philadelphia (laughs) element to it right philly mob a little bit a little bit yeah um just the indie quality of it all the the bleakness the action the the raw see you always say bleak stark realism (laughs) but i like that you know i like yeah you know i like stark realism i i normally do it, when it's done in certain kind of ways. But now, when, in certain superhero-esque movies, sometimes that doesn't get portrayed properly the way I like on screen sometimes. But all right. when it has a little bit more of that down-to-earth, gritty feel to it, what's your favorite? It what's your favorite scene? Because I, I, I pretty much, I, I feel like I know your favorite scene, but it's also my most what, disturbing the, the scene. The sex on the steps? Yeah, <laughs> I knew it. It's the most disturbing scene to me. I said it because I knew that's what you are going to say. <laughs> Sorry, um, <laughs> no. I I I think it's actually. I guess we can spoil it. I mean, it's been out for a little while. Probably the final, the final takedown of his brother. You know, it, it the 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 way William Hurt acts in the movie when his brother is just taking down his guys one by one, and he's just not fucking dying, and it's pissing him off, and he's just nonchalantly trying to get this thing done because. He's spoiled, you know. He's been a mob boss for quite a, some time, and he's he's not he doesn't take anything too too seriously, you know. So he's very nonchalant about it all. It's his brother. He kind of 
doesn't pay him any kind of respect and it's a funny way for, for him to die at the very end when he's yeah. fuddling with his keys to get back into his house so yeah. it's kind of funny but so. it, it, it is it is a really really good movie based on a really good com- uh, really good comic also another Vertigo comic right. and uh, yeah but that sex scene it's just tough for me to watch because it's like a man raping his it's wife. weird yeah, it's, yeah very, it's very awkward very very strange uh, and I think you really enjoy Cronenberg and Mortensen's follow up to this Eastern Promises probably. even more so even more so I than do. A History of Violence yeah but me I prefer a History of Violence I thought this movie was was extremely well done and it might even be on my honorable mentions but Jay my number four is another one that is based on an Alan Moore comic a lot of people hail this as the greatest comic book of all time mm. it's Zack Snyder's Stab at Watchmen God damn I love working on American Soil Dan Ain't had this much fun since Woodward and Bernstein. How long can we keep this up? Congress is pushing through some new bill. It's going to outlaw masks. Our days are numbered. Until then, it's like you always say. We're society's only protection. From what? Are you kidding me? From themselves. Son of a bitch. No, come in. Get your stinking hands off me. What the hell happened to us? What happened to the American dream? What happened to the American dream? It came true. I know a lot of people don't like this movie. For me, Watchmen is one of my favorite comic book movies of all time. I think the visuals in it are absolutely gorgeous. I thought the tone of it was appropriate to go along with the comic. And I know some people have big problems with it, with the change at the end that the bombs that go off uh, are, are Dr. Manhattan. Like they replicate Dr. Manhattan's radiation signature. And instead of it being giant monsters uh, that were created by Ozymandias to, to look like an alien attack. I know a lot of people have problems with that. For me, I think that actually tied it in better. I think that actually made it, made it better to, to make Dr. Manhattan the villain of the world, which which thus means he has to leave and go start life somewhere else. But I I thought that this was the best possible way to bring this comic book to film. Mm-hmm. I know it's close to three hours long, but I can't. It's help on it. Netflix now, yeah, so it's free. And, and I'm actually going to rewatch this movie very can, soon. But Jay, you have Amazon Prime too. You can watch the full director's cut ultimate cut on amazon prime that is close to four and a half hours long five hours long. get out yeah it's on there is that better no well i mean that's up to you <laughs> well have, i mean i'm sure you've seen it it has the animated pirate story in it mixed in with gerard butler's voice that's mixed in with it as well um so if you're into that watch it but you can also just watch the director's cut which is also on there so like amazon prime had watchmen had the watchmen director's cut and had the watchmen ultimate cut all all streaming at one point or another i'm not sure if they're all up there now but it's not free anymore for for, for me when i watch this movie i watch it a lot for patrick wilson's patrick wilson's performance as night owl I, I I've always loved the character in the comics and I thought it was the it, it, he was the perfect viewpoint because he was he was a human right and and he's an aging human he has a paunch and stuff like that and um, I I always loved that and I thought Patrick Wilson just perfectly portrayed that here in this movie I thought he did a fantastic job yeah and uh, it's one of the reasons I always go back to it and I think I just rewatched it probably about a month or two ago and man it still holds up I absolutely love it all right jay what is your number three also has a banger sex scene in it too (laughs) 
just like a history of violence. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Manhattan's wang is fucking... Whew. Anyway. Digitally enhanced. Yes. <laughs> Always remember that. Road to Perdition. Michael, tomorrow when they find out we're gone, they're going to come after us. I have to protect you now. I knew you were going to put this on there. I love this movie. Yeah. Yeah, another, another one of the Mendes. Vertigo comics. Yeah. You know, I heard recently... I think on a podcast or something like that, referring to how Tom Hanks was bad casting for this movie. And I was yelling in my car. When is Tom Hanks ever bad casting period for any role? I guess they didn't buy him as a, as a hitman. Okay. I and bought, I bought, I, I bought it. Yeah. Oh, I certainly bought it. And as an it, Irish it really hitman? worked. Yeah, it works. Maybe it's that mustache. I don't know. I don't, <laughs> I mean, we know he does an Irish accent. Well, ca- come on, catch me if you can. Jude Law, shocking. Um, really, really good as a swarmy little fucking snake of a shmarmy. Uh, 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 villain. Shmarmy. Paul Newman. Snarf, snarf. <laughs> His last great movie role. Yeah, um, I really. think probably ever. And it is just an interesting take on a father-son relationship, a road movie, a mob movie, and it's beautifully done, beautifully shot, and I absolutely find it exquisite. It's you know one what's of one of the crazy things about this movie? I watch this movie with my grandfather it's like one of the last movies i like actually sat down and watched with my grandfather uh in fact the dvd version that i own was was his it's one of those movies that like he watched and he just like he really liked it he really dug it. i don't know if my grandfather's in the mob maybe he was it is a movie that you can kind of like let you know wash over you a little well, bit it's of it's of a time right like and that too that too that's true so i uh, but i i i do love this movie as well and it is also on my honorable mentions list uh so let's go into my number three which is batman 1989 batman batman can somebody tell me what kind of a world we live in where a man dressed up as a bat it's all of my press. This town needs an enema. This is my number three. Well done. Okay. Is it your number two? Well, it's on my list. I'll uh, say that. It's on my list. Mm. It might be your number one. <laughs> hubba, hubba, hubba. Money, money, money. Who are you going to trust? Uh, now, this is my first go around with Batman, really. Uh, as, as a kid, this was my first the, really my first time seeing the character portrayed absolutely loved this movie growing up it was one of those movies that like i could just put in anytime and it's only in the years since and i've gotten older that i've started to appreciate other versions of batman but you know this is still mine and your batman this is yeah. our generation's batman it's the our, first movie i ever saw in movie theater yeah, our dad you know our, our parents you know their version is the adam west batman but for us this is this was our batman for for kids younger than us no one's batman is theirs so for others unfortunately batflack is theirs so <laughs> that's their cross the bear we got Keaton. Just, i mean he's we not a Keaton. bad batman yeah. he just never got a good movie yeah <laughs> We got Keaton, though. And yeah, I absolutely love this movie. And Jack Nicholson was, I think he really started the, obviously started the trend of like high profile actors playing your villains and, and, you know, and getting paid well and getting paid extremely <laughs> well to play a villain, man. And still getting paid. And still to this day, because he was, the, he was one of the first actors to say, like, you will give me 
royalty rights on this movie. Significant. I'll take a huge pay cut if you give me a portion of its profits from here until fucking eternity. Yeah. And they okay. <laughs> Turned out the movie was one of the biggest films. It was of a big risk. <laughs> so I mean, if you're gonna have a high profile actor like Jack Nicholson come in right. and play the Joker. You're gonna you're gonna bend to his will. And when I think about it, when I go back and I really think about it, like he is he's what I remember the most about the movie is Jack Nicholson's Joker. A lot of scenes, a lot of moments, a lot of uh musical numbers you can say even sometimes. You I ever mean, dance the devil in the pale moonlight? There's it's it's I just very, asked that of all my I, I, let's <laughs> we'll talk about it more. Yeah, later. sure. All right, Jay, what is your number two? Another Batman, The Dark Knight. The Dark Knight coming in at number two. It's my number two also, Ooh. Jay. Fans of the show are now immediately knowing what my number one is. You let Dent take your place. Even to a guy like me, that's cold. Where's Dent? Those mob fools want you gone so they can get back to the way things were. But I know the truth. There's no going back. You've changed things. Forever. Then why do you want to kill me? I don't want to kill you. What would I do without you? Go back to ripping off mob dealers? No, 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 you, you complete me. You're garbage, you kills for money. Don't talk like one of them, you're not. Even if you'd like to be. To them, you're just a freak, like me. Okay, so the perfect right the, from the get go when it opened up, I knew com- I was in. Perfect comic book movie, right? <sighs> For this modern era, yeah, cold open, modern day, like that cold open, like cold open. With the, I was immediately, oh, I'm in. With the Hans Zimmer, uh, I had a boner for two and a half just, hours. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was great. It was a beautiful movie. It was very en- engaging throughout. It was epic in scope. You had a villain that you haven't seen on screen before in a, quite some time, and that last and it was line really well done is from from Heath Ledger is just oh. so perfect. Whatever doesn't kill you simply makes you stranger. <laughs> Love that. that's technically not his last line. That is his last line. No, when he was hanging upside down. No, no, I'm talking about in that scene, in that opening scene. Oh. In that okay. filmed in IMAX, like huge bank robbery opening okay. scene. Gotcha. Before he drives drives the bus out. I'm sorry. Away. That's his I'm that's, thinking of the whole film. No, 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 no. Okay. No, no. Jumping the gun a little no. bit. It seems like that Nolan, the actors, and everybody involved were on the same page. They knew exactly what they were going to be making. They knew exactly how to pull it off and they did it. Well, I think Warner Brothers knew exactly what they were getting with Nolan and they went just run, you know. Do you with this? Like, take, right. take this guy and do... do, do go into Chicago, yeah. which was a great choice for, for Gotham, I think, and and run wild. And he did. He he did a lot of... Um, he, he did a lot in this movie for IMAX. A lot of IMAX camera shots. They actually lost one during the filming of the truck chase. They actually lost oh, an wow. IMAX camera, which there was only one of like six around at the time. So... They actually what? lost one, which was like a million dollars that uh, fell into the river. I believe is what I remember. I it. remember that happened in like Charlie and Chocolate Factory too, or something like that. Yeah, it, it like it fell into the chocolate river. <laughs> so it's kind of funny, but um, j- yeah, just you know, technical quality of this movie is exquisite, and the story it's wild. And I, I think Two Face is is slightly. 
I don't want to say underwritten. I wanted to see a little bit more of them. And I wanted to see a little bit more of Aaron Eckhart because he was so good in the movie. They dispatched like Batman's second biggest villain in an awfully quick way. Yes. Where you would like to maybe see him make a return at some point. But no one was number one to redo things because when he gets back to 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 the series and the, um, we get the Dark Knight Rises, barely anything that was that was like this movie was was visible there with the exception of Dr. Crane running his kangaroo court um but yeah there's there's so many layers to this movie you can you can dissect this movie in a hundred different ways and 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 just have a blast with it but what it comes down to is heath ledger's performance is amazing the the portrayal that nolan gave us for batman was what fit the tone and was perfect for the time and i think today uh i would like them to see to give batman a completely different take than this because we already got this it's 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 complete it's print it's perfect let it stay as it is don't ever try to go back and do this do this type of realistic batman again it it, it exists and it's done well so there it is well we'll see how things go with joker um that could very well be on my list after the after that movie drops because as of right now that trailer is and as everyone heard everyone heard in my trailer park i'm not so hot on it and you are probably the only person no definitely not the only person well the only person i've ever heard or spoke to or whatever um this hit every button exactly the way i want so i'm i'm extremely excited for it I think it's too much of the same, more of the same, but whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and, okay. and, and, and why do you want to sympathize with a psychopath? What's wrong with you that you want to watch a movie where it's, you sympathize with the psychopath? Not, no, no, no sympathy. It's, it's, it's just a straight up character study. Deconstruction of a society deteriorating this man who obviously has problems, but turning himself into the Joker over time. I still, I'm sorry. I'm kind of, I think, I think I'm the watching city this is a character I'm convinced itself. he's the fucking Joker. Still not even convinced. And why why no. give an origin story to the Joker? It makes no sense to me. It robs the Joker of everything that, that makes... And, 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 and I, you know I was behind you on that. And, and we, don't get me wrong. The comics have done it too. But do not give the Joker a backstory. It files his teeth and it humanizes I, look, him, which thus makes him that, less of an enigma. That was my biggest worry um, when this was announced initially. But well, you haven't seen the movie yet, so they, it should still be a worry. I, I know. I know. <laughs> but they they have surprised me. For sure, with this trailer. So, it's- Todd Phillips is still attached, so I have no clue what I'm going to get. I know. All right, Jay, what is your number one? 89 Batman. Let me tell you about this guy I know, Jack. Mean kid, bad seed, hurt people. I like him already. <laughs> now, you know, the problem was he got sloppy, you know, crazy. He started to lose it. He had a head full of bad wiring, I guess. Couldn't keep it straight up here. He was the kind of guy who couldn't hear the train till it was two feet from him. Hmm. You know what happened to this guy, Jack? Wow. Made mistakes. And then he had us. Now you want to get nuts? Come on, let's get nuts. Tell me something, my friend. You ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? What? I always ask that of all my prey. 
I just like the sound of it. Nostalgia, man. I can't help it. It's 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 my movie. It's my Batman movie. I adore this thing to pieces. I've seen it so many times. I think I still have it coated in dust in some kind of basement box um, on tape in my parents' house. And Keaton, obviously, Kim Basinger, uh, Burton, the Burtonisms, the 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 production design of the movie was fantastic. One of my favorite moments with Kim Basinger is how much do you weigh? Hundred and fifteen pounds. Yeah, <laughs> like the look he gives her. Right? It's just like, he looks her up and down. He's like, mm, it's like right. buck twenty five, whatever. And it gets, <laughs> and, it, and it, but it comes back, right? The singer, you know. <laughs> so it's. It's it's chock full of fun, fun to be had, and it kickstarted the whole superhero genre again. Um, I guess you could say again, but in this no, hundred percent again because there was the there was the the sixty six Batman, which was huge. There was um, yeah, but in the su- modern era, Superman in in film in, in seventy eight, which was huge, and when sure. it, when that came out. So yes, I would say for for that for that early 90s uh through through the mid and late 90s run yeah so obviously this movie has um some dated qualities to it for sure yeah yeah but again like i said i uh, it holds up for me because this was my movie and i'm sure someone who like for example you know my nephew coming up as a kid watching that movie, he might not get anything from it. Oh, I could never show this movie to my daughter because she'll hate it. She'll like she'll she'll hate it, and I'll be like, well, right. "It's so good," and she'll be like, "No, nah, it's kind of cheesy." And I was like, "You know what? That's what we used to say about the '60s Batman." So, yeah, yeah, maybe. So it, it definitely holds up for me. I always will still love it. And Jack Nicholson, I I just I appreciate what he did. I mean, he went for it, and I thought. It was very memorable. I'll say this: it was the last. Own. It was the last Tim Burton movie that I truly loved. <laughs> Which is the last? Yeah, um, I said loved. It doesn't mean I didn't. Like. I do love Edward Scissorhands. I don't love Edward Scissorhands. We had, and Ed Wood. We got a movie cocktail where I where I talk about that. When I don't love Edward Scissorhands, and I don't. Ooh, I do. Yeah. And and I and I certainly don't. I I do I do really really enjoy Ed Wood. But anyway. We all know my problems with with Burton. It's it's, I it's know. that that that's my cross to bear. But anyway, Jay, my number one for all the same reasons that eighty nine Batman's your number one. It's your Batman. I get that. It, it's it's partly my Batman too. But in the end, my Batman is always Kevin Conroy. It's always been created by Bruce Tim and Mark Hamill is my Joker. I Batman Mask of the Phantasm is my yeah. number one DC movie I, I ever. That. made that's it that's what i want to see a nice big smile what makes it a great movie i know what what makes it so perfect is that it is to me just the perfect embodiment of that comic book version of of batman It, it 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 fits in the the aesthetic of Batman that that I that I relate to the most it fits in with that with the detective aspect of Batman the vigilante aspect of Batman you know the 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 dark tones the art deco just it is Batman to me and it was just so perfect it is the best example of how good Batman the animated series is and for anyone who still has not seen it how do you listen to this show and have not watched Batman mask of the phantasm with how much it comes up with how much I push for people to, to watch it. If you haven't, it's just so perfectly 
Batman to me. Uh, Jay, we got some honorable mentions to go through real quick. What did do you have any honorable mentions? Well, that one was as well. Um, v for Vendetta, and you know a couple other movies you mentioned on your list. I thought were were close. I mean, I'm gonna, I'm looking forward to watching Watchmen again um, to revisit that and see how much that hold up for me. Mine are Shazam, which would which if this. So my honorable mentions are always the completion of like a top ten list orders you know aren't given but shazam would definitely be there a history of violence like i said uh man of steel oh yes so Zack snyder's other superhero movie that i still really enjoy is man of steel it's it has flaws and i do have problems with it like uh crossing guard pa kent when he's like no son <laughs> that's where it takes away i hate that moment but there's so much more to really as, as like we in as that movie. more time goes away from that movie the more you appreciate what the more you, you can appreciate that. what you yeah. get there yeah superman 1978 the richard donard film that kind of, of was the was Classic. was the real first big budget comic book movie that came out love that movie especially with um marlon brando i got enough for the make of superman <laughs> i'm gonna send it off to earth you're going to go there, and you're going to be that champion. You're going to do great things. I sw- I've seen this for you, Carlisle. I ask of this of you, my only begotten son. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, my my final honorable mention is another animated one, Under the Red Hood, which we did a movie cocktail for, which is another fantastic animated movie which uh, isn't done by it, it doesn't have Kevin Conroy and it doesn't have it doesn't have Mark Hamill as a Joker but it does have John DiMaggio as a Joker which gives you a much more sicker Joker like a much more much much more deranged it's still a Joker. great movie too I yeah. absolutely love that animated film so that's gonna do it for our top five DC movies clearly me and Jay had uh, some similarities this time yeah. definitely not as close as our Disney live action ones though but True. Very, very close I, I do encourage everyone to get out there and see shazam i think it is probably the most fun i've had in the movies in a good bit man and uh i cannot wait for avengers endgame still but (laughs) shazam was a great way to whet that appetite yes it was right around the corner dave i know i'm i I, and i really got myself ready with watching a dog's way home because i i've just i've my tear ducts are perfectly (laughs) are perfectly exercised (laughs) they they are ready to expel whatever liquid may come from them i may cry so hard that blood comes out i mean it's a possibility we don't know who's going to die <laughs> in my mind someone will not what do you be think returning. Endgame or star wars what, what do you, you think episode nine is going to make you cry more potentially ah that's a tough call man because i really liked ryan johnson's the last jedi and this and, and i know that's controversial as well for a lot of people but i love the last jedi uh, i liked it more than the force awakens so to have jj abrams come back and a lot of the rumors being that he's going to be undoing a lot of what ryan johnson did it's possible i may not be so hot on it it's possible the last jedi may be my new empire strikes back i may mm. champion the middle movie for the rest of my life if that's if, if that's what I like, then so be it. You heard it here for, first, folks. I mean, this is going to be exciting. I, I at, at this moment, exciting. At this moment, I am looking more forward to Avengers Endgame than I am for episode episode nine. Hundred percent. Now, I think a lot of people are too. I'm more interested in what's to come after episode nine for Star Wars more so than anything else, though, okay. because I'm very intrigued to see where Disney takes the franchise 
post Skywalker legacy. So yes, that's it. I think there's more intriguing avenues to go through with yeah. that than uh, the superheroes. But hey, if you want to check out more of my opinions on Star Wars, head over to Good Morning Mose Isley on all podcatchers. Me and Wes from Via VHS talk about Star Wars a fair bit over there because it's a Star Wars show. If you enjoyed our show tonight, please head over to your favorite pod streaming app and give us a review. A five-star review is really appreciated, but that's what helps us grow. That's what helps us get found. We do have a sponsor. Our sponsor is Blowfish. So if you would like to cure your hangovers for good, head over to fourhangovers.com. Use the promo code SMBFISH. Get your 15% off. Don't forget to check out our indie pod spotlight from this week, Movie Geek and Proud as I wear all the movies I love on my sleeve, including The Last Jedi. I don't care what you haters say. That's what they do over there. They have a great time discussing movies. They are a fantastic show. I subscribe and I suggest all of you do as well. We are, of course, part of a network. We are part of the Podfix Network. So be sure to head over to podfixnetwork.com. You can check out all the fantastic shows that are part of the Podfix Network. You can also check out a lot of our movie cocktail recipes over there on the website. Just click the menu, scroll down to the movie cocktails tab, and you will be able to get the recipes there. So I want to thank all of you for listening tonight. Have a great night. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.